Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Your hosts today, Robbie Rockets, 12617, and the dude, Dariel, are here to bring you a new episode of Spit Wars. Here we go, let's dive in. Coming to you straight from the battle lines, right now is season four of Star Wars The Clone Wars. We are probably one off. of the best seasons. This this is a, without a doubt a very top season. You see a lot of things happening here. Between and the show goes in a totally different direction. It gets real dark. And I actually like that. You know, you finally yeah. get a look at it's in a dark perspective that's different from how dark season two was to the fact that it's not like horror. It's very like tonally dark. Yeah. Like, it's now like, set yeah. to be that way. And you kind of see that already in the first episode. You're underwater. And obviously in the deep sea, it's very dark in the deep sea to begin with. Between this war on Moncala, between... Yeah, you have the war on Moncala. You have Lee Char, who is the epitome of a boy king. I know. It's a little, little young one. Has no idea made. how to lead. And they expect him to lead the battle. He's never, he's never commanded troops before. Yeah. And the crazy thing about it is, is they talk about how it's tradition in war for Mount uh, Calamari that their king leads them in war. So now when you hear this, you're like, you're telling me this little guy, you know, who just got command of everything is now supposed to go with tradition of leading your war. Yeah. Now, now things are getting chaotic and you're in a civil war between Moncala and the Quarren. And we have our good look at our good friend, Admiral Akbar, making his, making his appearance underwater, which is nice. Yeah. And it's cool seeing how lightsabers work underwater. Yeah, they light up yeah. normal, no issues. It absolutely amazes me because I never had thought about that at first when I first watched this season. And I'm like, oh, they're not affected by water. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah. It's like everything's working fine. They can do whatever. What I also find funny is during the battle, you have uh, Captain Akbar, can call him Admiral. I know. Captain. Uh, commanding the troops, but like on the side, giving the, giving the prince orders. Like Lee Char has no, and as this arc, because this arc is about what, three episodes long? Three episodes. So as the three episodes go on, Lee Char builds confidence. And you know who helps him do that? Ahsoka. Yeah. That's For awesome. once, she has, she has the confidence to make decisions on her own. She's not doubting herself. And with After so everything she went through, I think, in season three, in that finale, being yeah. captured, I think she... And it finally translates in, the, in season four. You know, it made me think of... You know what it reminded me of when the movie first aired? Rex and Ahsoka were talking about the outranking and the whole thing of experience being the thing that outranks your title. Yeah. So I felt like Ahsoka was sort of using that while her and Lee Char were the only ones not to be captured from this civil war mm -hmm. by the Quarren. So it's them two just stranded out there and both of them are now trying to figure out what to do. And it's Ahsoka really having like this mentorship on Lee Char, because she has the experience now, if you think about it, mm -hmm. after this time. Lee Char may have 
higher standard by title, but Ahsoka technically has been through me, battles. She's seen countless number of battles. She's participated in so many. So you kind of see how that kind of plays into effect with both of them. And it is teaching Lee Char like what to do. Like he's like, I gotta, I gotta do something. I gotta save my people. Like he doesn't, he, he's not giving up. Yeah. Even when he goes inside the, I guess the camp that they're in. Yeah. They have all the Moncala. Taken as prisoners. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so interesting that how easy, first of all, they were able to get in there. I I didn't understand. And they were just chilling there for a minute. And the crazy thing about it is at that point, uh, Mon Calamari, they outnumbered the Separatists and everything and the Quarren because we had the Gungans come in as the reinforcements, which was also smart. And for once, you know, again, Jar Jar being I'll smart. props to Jar Jar one time. One you know, time. He saved Padme right there. I got to say, that was... Impressive. Most impressive. Damn, Jar Jar. Job, job well done, I got to say. I'll give you credit one time. For once, you saved someone's life right there. You know, not not by stupidity and solving a problem. So, yeah, not by fumbling. You yeah. spit. And it's, just, it's disgusting when you think about it. Uh, I know, right? Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, that actually. You know, like, what, what does it smell like? I don't you know. don't even want to think about that. Do yeah, you? no, I'm I kind of fuck. I don't even know if I really do want to think about that. That's like, oh, please no. God, please no. <laughs> oh. And we have the debut of a new Separatist general, which I don't know if you've caught on to the season. This season, I think, is one of the first times we get, like, a new general each arc, more or less. When you do think about it. Because in the earlier seasons, it's usually just a repeat of Grievous Asajj and then the random droid. And we finally get a hold of Riff Tamsin, this shark-looking guy. Who's Jaws. Yeah. You know, I love that whole Jaws aspect on how... He was the killed. cheese scene, yeah. And even, yeah, how he was killed also. Like, it was perfect. Like, the whole, as if, like, that thing was the tank in his chest and Lee Char is making the shot like Brody in the movie and boom, he explodes just as Jaws did. So, nice little her, homage. Yeah, you know, and of course, you know, Jaws is intertwined thanks to uh, John Williams doing the music for that movie as he does the music for uh, Star Wars. But we had this... This arc was definitely a very big, pivotal moment for Ahsoka on how much we've seen her grow. It She's finally... coming to her own. Yeah. And, and you know what else? You see it later on in the season when she teams up with our great friend, Lux Bontari. Lux Bontari. That, that's that's going to get very interesting when that all happens because I, I, got, I got some touch-ups over there. That's for oh, sure. Okay. I mean... All right, I want to hear what you have because I don't think there's a lot of takes on it. But oh, I, I got a couple takes or whatever. But yeah, we had the end of that with that episode arc, and it's amazing how anytime the separatists like try to do something with people's planet, it always backfires on them because everyone realizes they join them and they're getting screwed over. Yeah, like how do you not realize this? Don't you hear stories, people? Oh, like, like you, your people get thrown into slavery. You don't have command anymore. So thank God it's realized because now everyone does their part. And, and then moving forward. I love the... these like first few episodes. Like, yeah. You have with that arc. And then we now go to Naboo with the Gungans because there's a lot of underwater activity that happens. These first few episodes. You, yeah. You don't, you don't get that. I feel like that wasn't something big. 
through the Star Wars universe. Because you're always in space, you're always on these planets that are either exotic or mountainous or swampy or (sighs) a desert. A desert, yeah, I know, right? Oh, poor deserts. I'm tired of desert planets. (laughs) But we almost had a second battle in Naboo happen. Yeah. You know, I mean, he didn't do it out of stupidity, but Jar Jar then able to impersonate Jar Jar the kind of saved the day, yeah. I gotta say, back-to-back And he arcs. didn't fuck it up. Yeah, like, back-to-back arcs, Jar Jar didn't have a mess-up to save the day. Like, he actually saved, saved the, the day, day in general. Yeah. And who would have thought when he would actually, like, save the day without his stupidity that General Grievous would get captured, but then Anakin would get captured, and now we have to make a trade in order for everyone to be But free. if you really think about it, if Anakin was patient, he would have had Grievous. Yes, and he wasn't patient enough. You know what it is? He can't let that go. He has his vengeance on Dooku for chopping off his hand. Let it go. He wants your hand. You don't. He wants you have a metal him. one. You don't need another. You don't need your hand. You have a a metallic hand, right? Yeah, and unfortunately, we re- will say rest in peace to Cap uh, Captain Tarples. You know, R.I.P. He's the real OG. I miss you. Yeah, from uh. Phantom Menace. We send big doo-doo Jar Jar. And then Jar Jar is Misa give up. <laughs> Misa give up. Yeah, Misa give up. But um, yeah, so we get that going. And now after all that happens. We get we uh, droid adventures. Finally get to know 3PO and R2 have been through all this time. Because even through the droid memory wipes the one thing that's never forgotten i feel is their friendship because they're always close to each other they're always even when they were rebooted they were right by each other's side yeah like think of it they they'd go for their oil baths and their memory wipes they would always remember that they've been through thick and thin together it's crazy they go through a whole bunch of stuff they end up saving a planet you know it's so funny how much he gets worshipped the 3po you know, he's worshipped by these little people, and I'm like... Uh, Anytime Ewoks. they go to a to an uncivilized planet, he's worshipped like a god. You know, I, it's got to be the gold armor. I, it has to be. It has to be, it has to be the gold armor. Because I don't get it. On end, on the forest moon of Endor, worshipped by the Ewoks. And then... On two, pla- two planets. He's gone to two planets in this little adventure. And on both planets, uncivilized, they worship him as a god. He even started democracy on a planet. Oh, my God. That was hysterical, in all honesty. Because these guys basically toppled governments, the starting of democracy. They started droid revolution with all of it and escaped pirates. And then eventually captured by the separatists and in the luck of time, get rescued from who they all started it off with and Commander Wolf's like, you gotta be kidding me. These guys again. But what I love the whole the whole arc is see through Bill's like, oh my God, you will not believe what happened. You will not believe it. And he's like blabbering on. They're like, oh my God, shut the fuck up. I love I don't that. believe you are a lying sack of shit. Dupio is like that friend that you you know is always lying about shit. Like, he's just coming up with these absurd stories. Oh, man. It's too funny. Like, it, and you're just like, bro, shut up. We know you are bullshitting us. Why do you have to lie? <laughs> it, it's so funny because I love when they find each other all at the end of that, like, two-episode arc. And Plo's like, you know who these guys are, Commander Wolf? And he's like, yeah. He's yeah. like, well, 
3PO, I'm sure he'd love to hear the story of your adventures. <laughs> he plows like, yeah, I'm, I'm throwing him down the bus. He, he, he was <laughs> like, I'm not doing this. I know better. I'm not getting stuck here. Sorry. So we get that little mini arc. And then we come to a pretty, I would say, a big arc a big in this arc. season. I, it, in the whole series, I think. The whole series in general, you think? I think one of them. I don't, I'm not saying it's like the best or the most important, but it is one of the impactful arcs in the whole series. Yeah, no, it definitely is. Because it's something that we've never seen before, especially yeah. from a Jedi Master, no less. Yeah, you know? and you know what? By the middle to the end of this arc, I don't even think they're being controlled. They're being commanded by a Jedi anymore. They're basically on their own free will. Yeah, they're on their own, but they're also being commanded by like a dark side user at this point. And that's that's what kind of you know General Krell kind of was when he took over the five o first from uh, Anakin in the meantime. And it's crazy how that kind of like went down. It was almost as if like the senator of uh, the senator, the chancellor, made this happen he wanted to see what would go down yeah in a sense like he knew something this was season you see a lot of the emperor well not the emperor the chancellor's meddling yeah you see his meddling basically he's in the form of the chancellor but in reality he's it's working against yeah he's working against the republic the whole time so and it's so big how that all goes down but then also throughout this whole arc and this mission on umbara Rex is faced with his own humanity. Like yeah. he's questioning it. Cause five fives gets it. But and then in, you realize, do you remember in the cadets episode? Yeah. When they were when the two bounty hunters were complaining about the newer clones. Mm-hmm. That they're more self-aware Aware. and they have a stronger sense of individuality. And I think a lot of that had to do with the outstretching of Django's DNA and the way they'll act. The other brothers, the other clones, they'll that'll rub but, off on them. Yeah, but also I think that combine that like factor of them being more individualized and believing that they are people, mixed with you have Rex, who's probably a first one of the first clones. Yeah. So Fives Fives knows that he's a person. He's not questioning it. There is no in his mind. He's he's a living being. He's not a clone. He's a person. And where Rex is in limbo. Yeah. Because he's like, oh, he well, these are he's... my, he's like, these are my brothers, but I have to follow orders. Yeah. And it's almost like him and um, Dogma were almost on that same kind of scale because Dogma didn't want to disobey any orders either. He was like, no. And it was almost like maybe he was just trying to get a promotion out of it. Who knows? You know? I think it was his blind loyalty. Like, like, blind loyalty. Yeah. Like Krell says, it was blind loyalty. And you were, yeah, because you were stupid enough to actually follow it, mm. you know? Is it me, or do you think, does, does Umbara kind of remind you of Felucia, but it's just the dark side of Felucia almost? Yeah. I feel like it's that Felucian entity going around, but it's just dark and sinister the whole time. You know, I, I It's I, just I, filled with like this exotic fauna and these weird plants that will eat you alive. Yeah. And I find it interesting that it seems as humans or clones, it don't matter, like mm. other species because even Krell is a different species, they can breathe on that planet. But the Umbarans who habitate that planet, it seems like they can't breathe on it because they're wearing masks through this whole time. 
when you see yeah, them. You weird. never see one without his like shield mask on. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's like they inhabited a planet, but they can't even legit breathe on it without support mm-hmm. in a sense. But everyone else we see seems to be fine here. And I'd like to point out the phase uh, two battle armor we have going yeah. on. I don't know if you noticed it, but we have the battle armor that you see in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. It's not so. the same battle armor from Attack of the Clones anymore. Yeah, so it's, it's pretty unique. We're, we're nearing the end of the war. This is why we're on the battle lines, people. It's, and it it's, feels like it. It feels like we're reaching the end of the war. Yeah, because they're, they're trying to make sure that they control all these planets that the Separatists have. Yeah, and, and even the Republic are losing planets. This arc of Krell is, like, so sinister. How this guy, he don't care for the clones. He carries nothing. He, they're mindless drones to him. Majority of the time, he regards to them by their number. Yeah. What's like, your CT555? You know, like, like... what? Rex will be like, well, my name's Rex. And he's like, yeah, no, it's not. Sorry. He's one tough son of a gun, I gotta say. And he's so, like, interesting how he uses two double-bladed lightsabers i like that but he has four arms so it kind of makes sense yeah it's true you know i guess it's easier for him than grievous to do that because grievous is more like mechanical mechanical and he can actually actually like separate his arms and move them yeah so so but i thought it was pretty interesting and something different you don't see someone uh dual wield double bladed -bladed lightsabers yeah or jump out of a tower like it's nothing yeah you know. Hero landing. Yeah, exactly. And in the beginning of this, like the when we're introduced to Umbara, did you notice the weird sense of respect Krell gave Rex for disobeying the order? Like, he was cool with it when that stealth bombing happened, the stealth incursion. Yeah, like, I don't know if he for a second was like, oh, okay, these, they're, they are people, but whatever, fuck them. Yeah, like, it's almost like he had, like, a little point of weakness, but Mm -hmm. he didn't, he wasn't thinking much of it. Like, he was like, eh, whatever, you know? I'm still gonna fuck them over. Yeah, they got lucky one time. He, he's had, and Fives questions everything with it, because he knows this guy's had the most clone deaths under anyone who's been under his command. Yeah, and he keeps pointing it out, and Rex is like, I mean, you know, he gets the job done. Like, almost justifying all the death. It's almost like they were kind of like slaves to him, and he didn't care as well. Yeah, they were just droids. Like, they say it in the episode. They're droids to him. So, he just... Their their only function is to follow orders. They don't... They can't think. Yeah. He's like, oh, if we lose Even the idea of them thinking annoys him. Because when we have fives go on this mission... Oh, when him and um, Jesse... Jesse, yeah. And uh, what's his name? Hardcase go and try to break you know get these ships so they can get so they can have air support yeah well before they had directly disobeyed the orders it was funny how we had that little uh a new hope moment between krell and fives Uh, i just (laughs) i love to point that out because Uh, i think that's great yeah Yeah. uh we're in maintenance everything's fine just uh we had a slight weapons malfunction yeah slight (laughs) weapons malfunction nothing major nothing major how are you (laughs) (laughs) so we have that all happen and then they they do disobey orders they get the job done though by taking out the supply uh carriers up in the space and you know hard case ends up sacrificing himself in the process 
R.I.P. So, hard case. You know, and that his death is almost very similar to Heavy's death. Yeah, these headstrong clones just sacrifice themselves. And obviously it ends up working. And it's crazy how Krell has like this jurisdiction to have clones executed. Just because like, he's, yeah. he's no, they're, it's whatever to him. That's insane to me. And it's crazy because they go over it. They say, they, they do. They say, yeah, he has that title where he can ha- cause this to happen. Like, seriously? You're kidding mm-hmm. me. You know, but it's great when Rex takes the stand because another thing that's noticed there is when he takes a stand against Krell, Krell says, it's treason then. Wait, wait, wait. You mean. It's treason then. It's amazing how you get these little things from yeah. the, you know, all the trilogy movies. movies. Yeah. So, and you, when he tell when he tries to have Jesse and Fives executed, the clones shoot but purposely shoot miss. Yeah, because they know like they're killing their own brothers, brothers, for not for even what? doing anything wrong. Exactly, and that's the theme of this arc. That they, they're well, it's the theme of the whole series. But this arc really hones in on the fact that yes, they're clones. Yes, they were bred to fight this war, but they're still people. It's they're not the separatists. The separatists use droids because you can, droids are disposable. You can't treat actual living beings as disposable, especially when they're so each individually unique. They all think differently and they all strategize differently. And you know what's so cool about the whole thing with them going after Krell? It, it's almost like as you would think it's Order 66 because clones are trying to kill a Jedi. Yeah. And meanwhile, it's really not Order 66. They're going after Krell because he's technically the bad guy. Yeah. And they finally, they capture him with the help of this, like, man-eating thing. Shout out to my boy Tup, my MVP. Yo, Tup getting the stun on him. Because, listen, this guy, you know it's treason if you get two squads to believe that they're killing the enemy dressed in their clone trooper armor, but really... They're killing themselves. They're killing their own brothers. Yeah, you're killing your own... You're sending your own soldiers to kill each other. And we even lost... Uh, what's his name? I think it was Waxer, right? Waxer, we lost, yeah. We lost Waxer in that process. So, and that's how we find out. Now, Krell's been behind everything. And it's amazing that Krell talks about the Galactic Empire with, without obviously saying the Galactic Empire. But, but he saw a new order. Yeah, he foresaw everything and he wants to be Dooku's apprentice and everything. He wants this new world order that's to come about. It's crazy how that all goes down because now Rex plans on executing Krell. But he can't do it. He can't do it. And I don't think he would have done it either. No, he wouldn't have. He hesitated. Yeah. And it was honestly, I liked that Dogma was the one that did it because Dogma eventually got arrested because he kept following Krell's orders. He did everything to the T and he was like, no, he betrayed me and I had to do it. He had to redeem himself. He was a fucking shithead the whole arc. Yeah. And he finally shows his point, takes care of him. And basically Umbara belongs to the Republic. But at what cost? What cost? Yeah, it's true. And then following after this, we get a really interesting arc and we get to see a bit of Anakin's uh, charming skills. Yeah. And his hate for slavers. Slavery is correct. You know, because Ahsoka doesn't know anything about his past with all this. And she finds out from Obi-Wan that 
oh yeah, Anakin and his mother were sold into slavery. And you have, this is all being brought back, abducted colonies and everything. And meanwhile, obviously, it's always the separatists. Always. It's interesting that they want to bring back slavery to the galaxy. And we get a, we get a small little scene of Sidious talking to Dooku that I need slavery for my new empire. And I feel like a lot of that had to do with he needs it because... For his Death Star. Yes. Like he, wants, he wants them to finish building his Death Star and everything. And then it would be whatever other machinery he would use. He would, whatever, yeah, machine of doom or whatever. For all we know, who knows? That could have been his uh, start process for the final order. I don't know. Who the hell knows? Who, hey. But it's, it's interesting to see, like, all right, Anakin now, he... He's got away with words. This whole arc, he this has. Arc. He's made the queen. He is wooing the queen. Yeah. And it's so funny because it's not even just with the flirting with the queen. It has to do with convincing her that, all right, so you're doing all this for slavery and you're doing it for the separatists, but you're technically Dooku's slave in this whole process and you're blind. You're blind by it. It's blind loyalty. Yeah. He is like playing into her ego and her superiority complex yeah you have this whole thing of them trying to free the torgrudas and this obviously it's crazy because this arc not only takes an effect on anakin with slavery but now ahsoka because these are her people Mm -hmm. as well you have that and then it's crazy how rex and obi-wan eventually get put into slavery even the queen we get a glimpse of the queen's evil plan for the jedi yeah she wants to have the jedi be slaves and break, and even the way she's descri- talking about breaking Obi-Wan. And it's crazy because we're seeing Obi-Wan go through this whole distraught process. The people, yeah, he tries to Kiros. stand up. Yeah, he tries to stand up and help the governor. And they honestly don't even want the help. Yeah, he's actually his helping is actually hurting them. It's truly amazing how this delves out, you know? And I love the whole scene where they're fighting in that pit area, it, a lot, it reminds you of Genosis. Um, Geonosis, but I also had the feeling of uh, on Jabba's sail barge. Ah, okay. That was my other feeling to it. When he launches the lightsaber to Anakin, I think that, oh, he did it to Luke, yeah. you know? So you kind of had a little resemblance there happening. And you see how strong Anakin is when he gives into like his hatred there, trying to like stand up Sad. and not be part of this whole like slavery thing. It's so crazy that you have Anakin versus Dooku and these guys are always versing each other. All always. the time. You know? And it, throughout the whole series, Anakin can't get the one up on him. Never. Never. He always needs the, like, he, it's like he needs an assist. He can't it, fight Dooku on his own. It's so funny because every time I see him battling Dooku in this, it's like him kind of like learning and learning and learning. Yeah. And eventually I think forward to Revenge of the Sith when he encounters him, he says, yeah, well, my powers have doubled since the last time now. And, you know, boom, he gets the upper hand on him. So it's all interesting how he plays out with it. And you know what? I'm going to pay attention to, like, the last time they encounter each other in the show. I, and I'm pretty sure I think I remember when that is. When I, from what I remember with it, it wasn't even that long of an encounter. Oh, okay. So from what I remember, I could be wrong about the scene I'm thinking of, uh-huh. but it, it is a possibility. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to be on the lookout for it. All right. And I'm going to like put it, write it down when, it, when I see it happen. And, and, I'll, and I'll be the judge of it if there was enough time, if there's enough gap for them to be like, 
And All right, my power has doubled since the last time we met, Count. I love the how s- the slavery uh, from Zygeria and the Zygerians comes to an end, though. And the way it comes to an end is Plo Koon and his wolf pack come through again to save the day. Does it, what does wolf pack like, do? They have been... Are they just on Coruscant chilling, like waiting for someone to be like, yeah, we need help? I'm just saying, they're on a tear so far to start this season off. They are. You know, like they rescued Adi Galea and fought against Grievous, saving 3PO. Help that planet. Yeah. And now, boom, they're coming in from on, what is it, the Nadavo system? Yeah. You know, and beating the Zygerians. Gotta say, some really cool stuff right there. That is great stuff. But Plo Koon and the Wolfpack do not mess around. They don't. Like, you know. I'm just telling you, they're just, they're chilling in Coruscant, (laughs) waiting, just waiting for someone to call them. After that, we come to our small arc with Lux Bonitary. Yeah. And my thing is, all right, I, I, I've wanted this. I'd wanted it for so long. I just, because of this, like, arc area and whatnot. Mm. And you kind of saw how, like, Lux and Ahsoka associated when they first met. I wanted a relationship from these guys. Yeah, but then at the same time, not really. Now, I mean, that's just me, you know. I see it. I see it. But at the same time, like, no, Ahsoka, you do you. Yes, I mean, but you do see it. In, the, in that episode, you see, like, how touching it was when they had to say goodbye right there. Mm-hmm. They put the hands up, and he escaped But see, from I pond. feel it more when, like, when she's helping the Martez sisters. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. But I'll keep note of that. And when we get to season seven, I'll remember. I'll remember. <laughs> right? You think I'm not going to remember, but I'm going to uh, remember. I know you'll remember. All right? I, I, there's not a doubt in my mind, but... It's crazy that he's involved now with Death Watch because him and the Death Watch have a thing against Dooku. And we see and, how far Death Watch goes. Yeah, taking down that whole village. And I then like, kidnapping the women and then returning them just to just kill them because yeah. they spoke up. Yeah, and, they, and it's basically because they don't want anyone to think that they're weak in a sense, for someone telling them what to do. And I got to say, R2, the real MVP, helping all these droids. He's like, I got to help these guys. Helps them. And then them helping him. Yeah. Like, he makes friends in the end. And you had Vizsla and Ahsoka verse each other. You know, Ahsoka dual-wielding her sabers against the dark saber. So Holding I her say, own. And they make their way off. And we're pretty much... At an end, that was just a one-episode feel that was like right a, That was like a little filler, you know, give and, us a little breather after. You know, Mandalore, I got to say, how they stay Switzerland is amazing. I guess mm-hmm. it works out because that's how, you know, Republican separatists can meet. You need that one neutral ground for stuff. After that, we get our arc of the plot to kidnap the Chancellor. Yeah. Obi-Wan. Faking his own death. And becoming Reiko Hardeen. And not telling Anakin. And, and Anakin is spiraling. Oh man, he is he is not happy. He is not happy at all. Cause you you see how this affects him. Like it's like it brings him to a down a dark path. Because think of it, you kind of hear the Imperial March like similar theme play when he looks for Reiko Hardeen in that Cantina bar. Like you it's like a very slow hint of it. And I was like, oh man, he's going down that path. He's going almost. down that dark path. And it's interesting because he thinks that he thinks Obi-Wan is dead and he holds out on killing Reiko because he does what he believed Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan would have yeah would have wanted. It's interesting how he 
actually didn't get blinded by everything and he took Obi-Wan's discretion into it all. But even at the end when he finds out that it is Obi-Wan, he's still not too happy. Yeah, but also he says that there's he understands why there's a connection, why he felt the connection between them. Yeah. But it makes you wonder what if he just for a second stopped and meditated just to feel that connection in the force. Yeah, just to explore why they have that connection. And he didn't have the patience to do that. That's what it was. He had no patience for it at all. He just dove right in. And it's funny because... And Yoda reprimands him for it. Like he tells him, I can sense that in you and whatnot. And it's crazy how, you know, Obi-Wan is now in jail. I love how he's, when he's in jail, we finally see like how everything's being delved. We got to look at Boba Fett, Bosk, Mm -hmm. and... Oh, I gotta say, Obi-Wan's a savage. He freaking stabbed the shark in the freaking head. And then grabbed him like, by, the, by the fin? Yeah. Let me, I'm, I'm not the knight of the fin, the gills. By the, yeah, by the gills. Yeah. Maybe I'll have you instead. Yeah. Like, oh, damn. Okay. Right. So, and Cad Bane getting involved. I don't know if you noticed, when they all, like, finally escape because Boba caused the distraction and everything, that when they finally make it to now Hutta, did you notice that Cad Bane kind of picks up Indiana Jones' hat in yeah. that shop? So, he he, the guy likes a good hat. You know? He's obsessed with the hat. I, I don't know what it is. And, and you know what I love? They are, they're on now Hutta, home to the huts, and you just know. The yeah, like, it, that's just how it works. And him and him and Cad Bane are at war with each other. Yeah. I, love, I like seeing how Cad is with Obi-Wan, really, Reiko Hardeen, because you see sometimes, like, Cad has a very close-knit circle of what bounty hunters he trusts. And what and who he wants to use for his plans, mm-hmm. you know. Cat always plays ahead of the game, and he knew something was off the whole time. But like at the same time, he wanted to believe and didn't want to believe. Reiko was trusting, even though mm. it was Obi Wan. Yeah, the whole so, time. Because you kind of saw it in the box where he actually saved his life because he respected and, him. Yeah, and I love. And even whole... saw it when he when they got captured and Obi and he like buys the ship and they like. He was like, oh, you're here. You're not captured by the huts. What, what happened? Yeah, he, he, was, he got his ship from having a favor owed from the huts and everything. And I love Obi-Wan using codename Ben. Because now it's like it's the first time you see where he took the name Ben from mm-hmm. with everything. Like you only yeah, knew like that Ben little, Kenobi. Yeah, like little callback, yeah. You only knew he's... Ben Kenobi from A New Hope, but you never mm-hmm. knew when he took that name. Name Ben's. And then this was the first time you actually saw it. You know, I always watch that episode and I hear, this is Ben. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty dope. I'm not going to lie. That's a good one. It's interesting how this whole box with the bounty hunters, you really don't have well-known bounty hunters taking like place here, except for Embo, to be honest. Embo's a, Embo is a recurring theme of this season. I don't know if you've noticed. Like, yeah. He's always roaming around. He is. He's awesome. Just, That's how uh, you know he's one of the top bounty hunters. Yeah. He always, always makes an appearance. And he just, and he does it in style. You yeah. Know? I mean, with that hat. And then the, the dog. Yeah. Got like, he's got himself a, a partner in crime right there. He's an animal. And the guy's a straight animal. It's crazy how eventually Anakin now knows Obi-Wan's alive when he goes after everything and whatnot. And it's crazy that Dooku feels that suspicion in the Force. Mm-hmm. when that's all happening because he even wants Cad Bane to keep an eye on Hardeen 
Dooku knew it the whole time when you realized he recorded the conversation and all the backups gone. And then, of course, Anakin faces Dooku once again with the Chancellor. Chancellor. And I love the looks the Chancellor gives throughout the Yeah, he's like, oh, okay. Oh, that you can do that. Oh, all right. He's like scouting him. Like he's seeing how well he can go at Dooku and how well it's going to play into a factor into Mm. eventually the battle of to top to replace Dooku. Yeah. So where Anakin but I just, eventually did. I just love anytime Dooku pops up and it fights someone. Cause his fighting style is just so unique. And like in the in A New Hope we hear that, you know, the Jedi are use the lightsaber, you know, it's a more a time of more civilized time. And it's an age, you know, it is an elegant weapon. And the way Dooku fights is just so representative of that elegance. Like fencing doesn't even do like the those broad slashes and swings that Anakin does or any other Jedi. He's just I, like the thing I love about like his technique of fighting. He always manages to throw in the lightning. Yeah, and it throws everyone off. And no even when you think he's gonna it. go for it, he's just not. He just whips it out. Yeah, when you're not expecting it. Like he's always he's always a, a step ahead in his battles. I gotta mm-hmm. say, even the way he thinks and plots against people, I believe. And it's funny you mention that because after that arc, he comes up with the plot by going at Dathomir. Yeah. And he's well ahead of the gun there. No one expected him to go after Dathomir. You know, he caught all the Dathomirians, the Knight Sisters, the Knight Brothers. He caught them all off guard. And I love you have that battle between Grievous and Asajj Ventress. Which is the better lackey. Yeah. And we find out who is. Yes. Of course. You know, I I guess it's Grievous. I'm more on the Asajj side because Grievous kind of stepped away because he had to go after Mother Talzin. This is true. This is also true. So his cowardice never seems to fail. It just continues. Continues. Okay. You're right. You're right. (laughs) So this is why I kind of give Asajj the upper hand here. And Mm -hmm. I also give Asajj a big upper hand because she's one of the very few who lets go of her past in this episode, getting rid of the ways of the Sith and accepting herself. She accepts herself as a night sister. Even her new job in the following episodes isn't a bounty hunter. She quickly adapts to that. You know, and it's easy for her to do that because, and it's so crazy because she didn't expect to be finding herself in the role of bounty hunting because you see how she went, she lost her, her brothers, her sisters, and she felt like she had no future. But Mother Talzin said, no, your future is out there. You have to walk your path. It'll come to you. But that's almost like saying the force will guide you to your path. Yeah. You have these like quirky religions between like Sith and Night Sister, Sister, Night Brother, like witchery and the Jedi. You have this whole quirky stuff going around here. Pokey religions and ancient weapons are no match for a good blaster at your side, kid. Basically, she finds that she's maybe made for bounty hunting by joining Mm -hmm. Boba's team only because she killed one of the members. What a way to join a team. Yeah, you kill the guy. And it's so funny because that scene reminds me of uh, Ben chopping the guy's arm off in Mos Eisley. He doesn't like you. I don't like you either. Like, to me, that scene just cracks me up. Even Bosk telling her, like, oh, you you got that disposition to be a bounty hunter. Yeah. And they see how, like, effective she would be with lightsabers Mm -hmm. you know like how like they realize oh we don't have anyone on our team 
that has lightsabers. So maybe this will be effective. So that all helps out. And it's crazy how much this mission, like she does it very smart. She's able to basically deceive the team. She puts Boba in the crate because the girl that was in the crate as the mail order bride or whatever has a similar backstory to her. Yeah. And she understood that, but she doesn't like, she takes advantage of it because she can get more money out of the picture. You know, she She does does it in a very smart way. And and she doesn't screw anyone over. No, she doesn't. Because everyone gets their pay. Yeah. She gave it to Bosk and everyone else. And she's like, well, listen, Boba will, uh, Boba will show up. Don't worry. It's like she taught Boba a lesson while she, at the same time, giving him his money. Yeah. You know, and she basically, she gives them the money and they just, (laughs) so she realizes she's got a calling for herself. She does. And after that, you know, she continues that calling because you'll see it in the finale. But before the finale, you have Savage finally finding his brother. And I love the return of Darth Maul. And the second he finds Dark Darth Maul, everyone feels it. It's From the Yoda biggest to Obi-Wan. disturbance in the Force. And you know what my thing is? I love the aspect that they have in the Clone Wars where it's more Sith. Yeah. I like that aspect because you don't have that in the movies. Yes, I understand it's the rule of two. But I feel like there's more always. They're always trying, to, like, there could be another two trying to take over. Yeah. In a sense. And this you know? is the first time we get a, a tease of a possible adversary to Sidious and Dooku. Well, first of all, I actually like how they changed the, the card title to Red. Red, yeah. You know, because you knew something dark was happening. You knew, obviously, that was happening because... Disturbance in the force. And you see how mad Maul has been driven. And I love throughout this arc you know obviously he brings his brother back to mother talzin and she restores him and he talks about the clone wars him knowing that the clone wars was supposed to happen he's like like, holy crap it began already he's like oh so they've begun like i i love it i'm like oh this guy was gonna be a part of it the whole time and he just got killed off too soon and and here he is in the tv show getting his big appearance, which we need. And we this. see, we get a tease of what route he's kind of trying to go for. You know, he wants to be with his brother and then be the rule of two. You kind of yeah. notice with these guys. And he's, he's also willing to teach his brother. And you kind of see that because they're making, you know, their paths together. Savage is very jumpy and Maul has learned that he has to have patience because he's had the patience for the past 10 years. He's been dead, basically. Also... Maul was kind of a savage. Yes. Maul was eager to kill a Jedi. He was hungry to kill a fucking Jedi. And, and now was, you see him have a change of pace. He's not that everything. bloodthirsty animal. No. So he's like, listen, I've waited for this for 10 years. I think I could wait a little longer. I'll meditate on that. You know? Uh, I'll, we'll chill. We'll, we'll, we'll formulate a plan. It's amazing how they unite back to normal and everything. And but also have... Maul's obsession, his one goal... Is Kenobi. Kenobi. Like, he just wants Kenobi. And I must have Kenobi. He gets Kenobi. He does. What, what an easier way to attract his attention by killing millions of innocents. You know, even the children. You saw it when they landed on the planet. And he the went after children. Them. He goes after them. And 
now Kenobi goes to go fight him. Yeah. And I love when he goes to go fight him because now you see all the bounties that are put out and Asajj sees Savage's bounty. Yeah. And I love Mace and Yoda talking about this, how Yoda's like, well, alone he must go, but uh, ally you would not expect Respect. is going to help him right now. I like these tidbits that Yoda sees the future, but doesn't tell anyone what he sees. He's just like, something might happen, but I don't know, bro. I don't know. I'm bugging. Yeah. I don't know. He doesn't jump to the conclusion straight away to yeah. the visions. He doesn't. Because if he jumps to it straight away, because his vision may be true, it may not be true, or mm. parts of it are true and parts of it aren't true. But if he jumps straight to the conclusion, everything's going to fall into turmoil, basically. Which yeah. is kind of what happened to Anakin in the movies when he jumped straight to the conclusion of his visions. So now you have Kenobi versus Savage and Maul. He's like, holy crap, I can't believe you're alive. Obviously, Kenobi is beaten by the two of them. But of course, Asajj, we can't handle them. I, I love when Asajj shows up and she's like, really? You couldn't do it without me? me? I was like, like oh, The damn. one time, the one time you can't beat someone. And now these two have to team up. And Savage it, is like, I want so my revenge on But it's for her. them to team yeah. up, though. I love it. And especially, it's so easy for them because Asajj gives her... I mean, gives her, yeah, she gives her lightsaber to Obi-Wan. Yeah. And he's and like, oh, like, red's never really been my color. Yeah, because she's, she's like, I'm making I sure want it I back. get that back. <laughs> like, that's mine. And it's so cool. This, this is like a, a top lightsaber battle happening it right is. now. You know, two people out for revenge on each other. And the whole teaming up aspect. Even Obi-Wan, one, one v one with Maul. Getting crazy. angry. Yes, and his rage unbalanced him against Maul, and Maul even said that to him. He's like, your rage unbalances you in a fight against me. And I find that so it's interesting. Not the Jedi way. He's not, yeah, he's not one. But that's the, the first, that that's way. probably like, yeah, one of the first times we see Obi-Wan in that situation. Because he's always, I feel like Obi-Wan's the model Jedi. He really I think, is I think he's Jedi. like the best Jedi out of the whole order. Like, I think if you want to be a Jedi, you want to be who Obi-Wan is. You don't want to be like Yoda. You want to be Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan is very smart, I got to say. And you basically, they have their fight happen. They escape because they realize they're outmatched. Yeah, they are. And even when the whole, when the whole ordeal finishes, you know, Obi-Wan proposes we should go after them. And he, the reason he knows that is because he knows they're going to kill more innocents if he doesn't, yeah. if he doesn't go after If he them. doesn't take care of it, and he wants to. He wants to finish what he started. You know, and Yoda even calls that like a personal matter almost. Yeah. And Yoda's yeah. like, no, you're, you're right, but we, we should be patient. We should wait. We shouldn't so rush into this battle. They eventually, Asajj, Obi-Wan, they escape. Maul and Savage are left in space, and we have our conclusion to season four of the clone wars yeah i gotta say and i'm excited oh me too because we're jumping into some deep waters on seasons right now yeah and oh. the ending of season five is a game changer oh 100 when we get there folks you're all gonna go nuts if you haven't seen it already i gotta tell you now rob got any news for us today so a little bit of news some news about the obi-wan series hello there and yeah. it's confirmed that it's to be a limited series and not like have that. multiple seasons. I like that idea. That's not a bad idea. You know, I'm cool with that. And you know what? Some limited series are one season, but some are also two seasons. True. You know, there. But there I rather I rather it be like a one season thing. Be probably be like just 
I don't know, an adventure while he was on Tatooine, maybe a time he saved Luke and then the, you know, the Lars, and, you know, Lars and company didn't want them. Yes. One didn't want him around. His aspect from the twin sons battle between him and Mole, the aspect or of even that. that day. Yeah. I wouldn't even mind. I would love that. You know, I'll take an eight to 10 episode limited series. Um, I'm totally content with that. It's better than. I'll even take five episodes. Really? I'll I take want... five episodes. I'll take. I'll take. What, I'll take whatever you can give me. I'm a fucking little crack whore. Uh, I'll. T- I, I'd prefer like a season length of like what The Mandalorian is, which is only like eight episodes. Yeah. You know, so if I can get eight to ten episodes right here on Disney Plus, the Obi Wan series, give it to me. I All right, that. I like it. Well, your clone trooper Robbie Rockets one two six one seven is signing off, and it's your Jedi Knight. The dude, Dario. May the force be with you all.